Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your listening convenience. January 20th, 2022. Sinclair's Diamond Sports, Leagues, Teams, and the Future of RSNs. Last week, Sinclair's Diamond Sports Group, DSG, reached an agreement with the NBA to stream its RSNs over the top to non-MVPD, VMVPD subscribers. It also increased its liquidity with a $600 million debt deal and the deferral of management fees being paid to Sinclair from its DSG subsidiary. As a result, it appears Sinclair has delayed the inevitable bankruptcy of DSG. That is good news for team owners, as the odds have meaningfully increased that DSG's RSNs will be able to pay teams their annual fees. The bad news for leagues and teams is that delaying DSG's bankruptcy slows the process of reinventing the regional sports business. What can Sinclair's Diamond Sports actually do? In December 2021, the NHL struck a four-year deal with DSG to enable authenticated streaming of 12 RSNs and an over-the-top streaming service with those same RSNs, no longer tied to MVPD or VMVPD authentication. Last week's DSG NBA deal is a bit different, as it's a renewable one-year deal for authenticated and over-the-top streaming rights for 16 DSG RSNs. With both NBA and NHL rights for OTT, Sinclair can now create an over-the-top streaming version of its RSNs. However, there are limitations. Importantly, Sinclair only has the rights to create a linear digital stream of its current RSNs. They cannot repackage the content or add content. They're only able to air exactly what is on the RSN today. More importantly, any stream would exclude Major League Baseball games, as there is still no deal with the MLB, meaning a third of Sinclair's teams are out. Presumably, when MLB games air on DSG RSNs, there will be nothing airing on DSG's over-the-top streaming service. As we mentioned in our October 2021 post, While Sinclair has signed streaming deals with four of the 14 Major League Baseball clubs, its RSNs broadcast, the league still has significant say in how digital rights are monetized and to whom, meaning Sinclair and Diamond. Putting it all together, DSG broadcasts 42 different teams spanning three leagues, 14 MLB, 16 NBA, and 12 NHL. With a four-year deal for 12 NHL teams, a one-year renewable deal with 16 NBA teams, and at best four of 14 MLB teams for an unknown time frame, and more likely zero of 14 MLB teams, meaning that about one-third of the content from DSG's RSNs will be missing on its streaming offering. How will distributors react? Acquiring the rights from the leagues, though, is only part of Sinclair's DSG challenge. DSG's RSNs generate the overwhelming majority of their revenue from MVPDs and VMVPD carriage fees. Regardless of whether or not DSG needs MVPD, VMVPD approval to launch an over-the-top streaming option, if DSG has any hopes of maintaining a positive relationship with its MVPD and VMVPD partners, it needs to reach an agreement with distributors such as Comcast, Charter, DirecTV, etc. The challenge for DSG and all RSN owners today is that MVPDs and VMVPDs are finally realizing They do not need to carry RSNs, as we talked about in our top 22 for 22. Quote, 
Over the past couple of years, it has become increasingly clear that MVPDs and VMVPDs can be financially successful without carrying regional sports networks, RSNs. Dish Sling was the first to drop Sinclair's Diamond Sports RSNs, followed by YouTube TV, Hulu Live, Fubo, etc. Let's focus on Charter, since Sinclair has a retrans and RSN renewal coming up with Charter in March 2022. Imagine being on the Charter management team and hearing that DSG is going over the top on an a la carte basis. Charter has to pay for every single Charter subscriber in a DSG RSN market, despite only a small fraction watching or even caring about their local RSN. Meanwhile, Sinclair's DSG can offer a digital version of the RSN service directly only to those that want it. We suspect the only way Charter and other MVPDs will agree to allow DSG to launch a DTC streaming service is if they have the flexibility to tier RSNs by lowering penetration requirements. For instance, today an MVPD might be paying DSG on 90% of its subbase, whereas to allow D2C streaming, maybe that goes down to 60%. Those are made up numbers, but conceptually, we cannot imagine why an MVPD or VMVPD would allow Sinclair to launch D2C or renew an agreement after the launch of a D2C offering without a meaningful financial benefit to the MVPD, VMVPD. Ultimately, DSG and its RSN peers are far more desperate for MVPD, VMVPD carriage, as it's the lion's share of their revenue and profit, than the MVPD, VMVPDs are to carry RSNs at this point. Will you subscribe all year for seasonal product? Beyond the likelihood of far worse MVPD, VMVPD, RSN carriage agreements, DSG also faces the challenge of a seasonal product that is fundamentally less compelling than what is on linear TV. Most of DSG's RSNs have year-round content thanks to NBA and or NHL in the fall, winter, and spring, and MLB in spring, summer, fall. Yet without MLB content, DSG's streaming service will only be compelling during the NBA and NHL seasons. And remember, Sinclair cannot add content to make up for the lack of MLB content. They have to air the RSN as is. One solution could be to bill annually, but a $240-plus retail price point is going to dramatically shrink the TAM for an over-the-top local regional sports streaming product. We are assuming DSG has to charge at least $20 per month OTT based on the company model included with their debt financing. Who is the target consumer? The more we think about a DSG streaming service, the more we wonder who actually wants it. RSN viewers are far more likely to be diehard sports fans who have stuck with the bundle after a decade of accelerating cord cutting because so much of what they are passionate about is only available through an MVPD or VMVPD bundle. Despite the pitch made by VMVPDs about being sports-centric, Hulu, YouTube TV, and Fubo all say that, the only places to get all the sports content is within a facilities-based MVPD like Comcast, Charter, or DirecTV. If your local RSN is available over-the-top via a DSG streaming product, would you be more willing to get a VMVPD? Doubtful. Think about the math. YouTube TV is already $65 per month. Would you really pay an extra $20 plus a month to add your local RSN? You're probably far more likely to stay with your current MVPD that has the RSNs and all the other sports content you want. Diamond Sports' Flawed Financials Diamond Sports' primary problem is that there's no economic for regional sports networks that can generate enough cash to pay off their $8.7 billion of debt, nearly 22 times levered. 
Implying bankruptcy is a matter of when, not if. If we focus on the base case financial assumptions for DSG, tied to their recent $600 million debt raise, screenshot is embedded to the right, we simply do not understand their optimism on their legacy RSN, nor their to-be-launched D2C streaming offering. First, the DSG RSN projections. How can DSG distribution revenues, their affiliate fees, only decline at a 2% rate between 2021 to 2027, even before the launch of a D2C offering that will undoubtedly lead to MVPD tiering, paying on lower penetration levels, and some degree of increased cord cutting, DSG's underlying MVPD subbase is falling at high single-digit rate. Remember, DSG does not have VMVPD carriage beyond DirecTV Stream, so they are exposed to the parts of the multi-channel ecosystem that are declining the fastest. With tiering, it's hard to believe that DSG RSN subscribers do not fall by low teens if not more. Even with 5% increase in rates, which feels aggressive, it appears that DSG RSN distribution revenues should be falling at a 6-7% to annual rate versus the 2% modeled by management. Second, DSG D2C projections. DSG's DTC is modeling 332,000 subscribers in 2022, growing to 6 million in 2027. With 1.3 billion in 2027 revenues, it appears they're assuming over $18 of monthly ARPU to DSG, which we assume is net of app store fees of 15%, implying a retail price point of around $21.50 per month. We have a very hard time believing that consumers will subscribe all year, especially with no baseball. In turn, Sinclair either assumes they can grow to 12 million subs, who subscribe for half the year by 2027, which is an absurd number of subscribers, or they are simply being far too optimistic for a seasonal offering. We also find it hard to believe that 3 million D2C subscribers will come on board by 2024, generating $667 million of revenue in 2024, while the legacy RSN business is down only $81 million in distribution revenue over the same period. The lack of cannibalization being modeled is absurd. There is a relatively fixed demand ceiling for local sports. What is Sinclair thinking? The craziest part of this entire exercise is that launching a direct-to-consumer streaming offering is hard and will require a significant amount of marketing spend to catch subscribers at what will be the highest SVOD price point in the industry. Nobody is north of $20 per month not to mention marketing spend to keep subscribers engaged for half the year when there is no live sports and you're trying to keep people paying over $20 a month. DSG expects D2C to start making money, positive EBITDA, in 2024, but that feels overly optimistic. So in summary, DSG is purposefully accelerating the pain on its core RSN business, whose EBITDA has already collapsed from $1.6 billion in 2019 to $500 million in 2021, by entering the D2C streaming world, where they will have an inferior product compared to what is on linear TV's RSNs, meaning no MLB, and they have to spend aggressively to attract and retain D2C subscribers at an absurdly high retail price point. Not to mention, once a D2C service is up and running, it becomes that much easier for legacy distributors to push back on price in renewals and or drop DSG as there is an easy alternative for consumers to add the channels back a la carte. We remain convinced that DSG's total EBITDA will be negative by 2025, and the push into D2C is likely to accelerate the pace to negative EBITDA, not 
to be the financial boost to overall EBITDA as the company has modeled. What about the leagues and teams? The MLB and NBA both believe their future is not tied to linear RSNs that are embedded within the legacy multi-channel video bundle. As both commissioners talked to back in October 21, the leagues, their leagues, and all of their teams need to build direct-to-consumer subscription streaming relationships. Neither wants to tie their digital future to Sinclair as an intermediary, especially given the financial debacle surrounding the DSG RSNs, and maybe even more importantly, Sinclair's lack of expertise in subscription streaming. Ultimately, the leagues and their teams want to create unique streaming offerings that are not tied to 24-7 linear live feeds the way RSNs are. While Sinclair's DSG is limited to the live linear digital feed, the leagues with their teams can create whatever digital offering they want. Imagine the NBA or MLB out-of-market streaming packages incorporating local games so that you had a complete offering for basketball or baseball fans. Maybe there's related content such as behind-the-scenes, documentaries, greatest games, etc. The league's goal is to deepen their relationship with their most passionate fans, drive merchandise sales, ticket sales, etc. Building a D2C relationship should be the league's number one priority. Note, some teams may launch their own OTT streaming service as they control their RSN with lucrative economics, but the league's long-term goal is to have a complete offering of teams in and out of market. Unfortunately, the challenge for the leagues is in going full DTC is that companies like Sinclair's DSG pay large fees to their teams that will not be replaced overnight by a D2C offering, especially during the investment phase. While the league can certainly go direct without RSN approval, Change circumstances clauses will make it financially painful for leagues and teams to go direct without the support of the related RSN. While we believe the NBA should not have done a deal with DSG to accelerate our structuring, we understand why they would grant one-year renewable rights. Essentially, the NBA increases the odds that 16 NBA franchises are more likely to get paid their RSN fees for the next 12 to 24 months. That 12 to 24 months gives the NBA breathing room to construct their own D2C strategy that goes beyond Sinclair's footprint. Worth noting that the NBA is now in a far better position to go direct in DSG markets as part of their recent agreement. The troubling aspect of waiting 12 to 24 months is that it will create consumer confusion if and when the NBA launches their own product. Given the wealth of the league and the team owners, we would have hoped they could absorb a few years of financial pain to accelerate a D2C future. Hopefully, the league opts out of extending their DSG agreement next year. Interestingly, the MLB did not, grant MS, did not grant Sinclair's DSG OTT streaming rights, but their teams involved with DSG's RSNs will benefit from the NBA's decision and the new debt financing that keeps DSG afloat a bit longer. Unfortunately, similar to the NBA, the delay in DSG's bankruptcy slows down a more rapid transition to a D2C future without RSNs. Finally, the leagues face a similar problem to DSG right now. They do not have a year-round product offering. A potential solution would be to combine NBA and MLB into one offering with in-market and out-of-market games from both leagues, providing year-round content. Note, the NFL, the NHL cannot participate as they have licensed their out-of-market rights to ESPN+. Yet, with each league still in the early stages of figuring out their own direct-to-consumer future, and several teams in major markets, like MSG, wanting to do their own OTT offerings, it does not appear a joint NBA-MLB offering is happening anytime soon.